InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Would you like to learn something new? If you're a parent, would you like to help your child be more receptive to learning? Our next guest can tell you all about that. She's Joe Bowler, professor at Stanford Graduate School of Education and author of Limitless Mind, Learn, Lead, and Live Without Barriers. Your book contains six keys to the learning process, uh, ways we can all become more receptive to learning. And why don't we start with those? Uh, your first one is about uh, neuroplasticity. What is that? So neuroplasticity is the science we have that tells us that our brains are constantly growing and changing. Many, many people think they're either born with a maths brain or an art brain or a different kind of brain, when actually we can all learn anything. So it's not a fixed set of brain cells we have. It's fluid and can change is what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. And neuroscientists tell us that our brains are different every day we wake up. We do know that every time you learn something, you either form a new brain pathway or you connect or strengthen pathways you already had. So this is happening all the time. All the time that we're learning, we're developing these pathways in the brain. Your second key is that the times when we struggle and make mistakes are the best times for brain growth. That's kind of surprising. I know. I love that evidence. Again, the neuroscientists have found that when people make mistakes, their brains grow and get stronger. And there's more brain growth when we make mistakes than when we get work correct. And in fact, the very best times for our brains are when we're finding something really difficult. That's when our brains are really active with brain growth. So we actually want to find things difficult. That's a good thing and something we should encourage more in classrooms. Learning key number three is when we change our beliefs, our bodies and brains physically change as well. This sounds a little bit like number one. Well, it's slightly different in that what we know is if you believe that you can learn anything and you make a mistake, then your brain is actually more active than if you don't believe you can learn. So our mindsets will change our outcomes, will change many things about our lives, how we live our lives. It will change our learning. And now we're finding out it also changes your health and changes your physical development as well. Our guest is Professor Joe Bowler at Stanford Graduate School of Education, also co-founder and faculty director of ucubed.org, an organization providing resources for math learning that has reached more than 230 million students in over 140 countries. Key number four, neural pathways in learning are optimized when considering ideas with a multidimensional approach. What does that mean? Yes, fascinating research from neuroscientists at Stanford show that with maths, for example, every time people think about a maths problem, there are five different pathways in the brain that light up. And two of them are visual pathways. So thinking visually, it turns out, is really important for your mathematical brain. But we also know that when you encounter knowledge in different ways, so if we take maths, for example, if you see something visually and you also see something with numbers, that will cause connections between brain pathways. Or if we move with mathematics or draw a graph or use words to write about something, all of those different ways of encountering the knowledge cause pathways to communicate in the brain. And we know that the most high-achieving people in the world 
are the people who have more brain communication going on. So it's actually very important that we get those pathways communicating. Learning key number five is speed of thinking is not a measure of aptitude. Learning is optimized when we approach ideas and life with creativity and flexibility. Researchers have found when they've asked teachers to identify students who are either high or low achieving in maths again, what they've found is the difference between the two sets of students is the higher achieving students think more flexibly. So, for example, if you ask students to work out 18 times 5, the high achieving students who are doing things like, oh, well, I could work out 20 times 5 and take off two fives. Or I could say 18 times 5 is the same as 9 times 10. Whereas lower achieving students felt they had to follow rules and they couldn't adapt the numbers in any way. So we know that thinking flexibly is actually really important. And it's certainly more important than thinking at speed, which is something we make children do all the time, but then they never have to do again in the workplace. We also know that speed, when you put kids under speed pressure, it causes the brain to freeze up and it anxiety sets in. So there are all sorts of reasons that we shouldn't be giving students anxiety by using speed-based practices in teaching or in parenting at home. The sixth key is a limitless approach to collaboration, which is connecting with people and ideas. And this, you say, enhances neural pathways in learning. Yeah. So when we communicate with somebody else, it causes us to have a higher level of understanding as well as requiring a high level of understanding. So connecting with somebody else's idea is a very important thing to do in all subjects. I study mathematics most, and that's the subject where there's less communication between different students' ideas. But it's actually really important, and it's really helpful for our brains and for our learning in general. So if I'm a parent and I want to apply some of this to my child's learning abilities, how would you suggest going about that? Well, I think it's really important that parents communicate to their children that their brains are limitless, they can learn anything, and that these ideas that some students have better brains are just wrong. But we know that school students are spending a lot of their time comparing themselves to each other. Siblings do the same thing. And when they see somebody learn something, say, more quickly, they start to think, oh, I'm not as good as they are. So it's really important to stop those negative messages and for students to know that even if somebody learns something more quickly, that doesn't mean they have more potential. And I think a really important message for our own children is the importance of struggle and how it's actually really good to be struggling. That's a great time for your brain. When my students at Stanford or school students say to me, oh, this is so hard, I say to them, that's fantastic, that feeling of this is hard is the feeling of your brain strengthening and growing. I actually had an email from a parent just this week saying, I couldn't believe it. She came to a book talk I'd given. She said she went home and told her daughter about the power of struggle. And that very night, she stayed longer with her homework and persisted. And it changed her. It changed her really quickly. And this parent was amazed how impactful that message had been. So I think for parents, it's really important to also not give fixed praise to children. When we say to kids, oh, you're so smart. What they hear is, oh, I'm smart. That's good. 
But then later, when they mess up on something, they think, oh, I'm not so smart. And they're constantly evaluating themselves against this fixed, mythical idea. So when we praise kids, it's fine to praise what they've done, to say, oh, that's wonderful that you've learned that, or I love the way you've approached that problem. But to hold back on those fixed messages, because fixed messages give kids fixed mindsets. We know actually that babies who are age three have already developed different mindsets from the kind of praise that their parents give. The book is Limitless Mind, Learn, Lead, and Live Without Barriers. The author, Professor Joe Bowler at Stanford Graduate School of Education. Professor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on the show. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks.